Hello and welcome to the Preached Word Radio Show, a ministry of Community Baptist Church of Fontana, California, where Dr. Dwight Cooper is our senior pastor. This program features God's Word preached during our Sunday morning services. Community Baptist Church features preaching and teaching that is geared toward spiritual transformation and daily application of the Word of God in your life. We would love it if God speaks to you through our ministry, and it is our hope that you take a moment to visit our website at www.cbcfontana.org. Listen and be transformed. And it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servant and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to the other one, to each according to his ability. And immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, for you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I, I knew that I knew, I knew you would be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with a banker, and at, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the one talent from him and give it to those with, who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even that what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Father in heaven, again, we ask that the Holy Spirit manifested present come down in this place. Lord, we ask you to open up our hearts and our minds so that you will, so that we will receive what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to begin by asking you a question to reflect on for just a, a few moments. How many in here know their gift or talent from God? How, how many people know what their gift or talent from God is? 
Amen. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one, but the next question is, how many of you are using your gifts and talents that God has given you from God? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that. That's going to be between you and God. But uh, this morning, I want us to look at this particular passage found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30 from the vantage points. Use what you got. Use what you got. Now, I know that's not proper English. It should be use what God has given you. But I want you to use what you got. Now, as we continue our month-long series of sermons on stewardship, on being good stewards of what God has given us, our time, our talent, and our treasure, I want us to look at this particular text this morning. I want us to focus in on our talents, our abilities that God has given us. Last time we spoke together, we talked about our treasure, our treasure, what to do with God's money. And we talked about how we should give according to what God has blessed us with. We should give back to what's God, what is God's. But, but this morning, we're, we're not going to look at money. We're going to look at something that is more personal to you. What ability has God given you? What gifts has God placed on your heart? And what are you doing with them this morning? Now, from the outset, we, we need to be reminded that God gives each of us a special ability and expects us to be faithful in using what he has been given to us. Instead of hiding our gifts, we are to invest in kingdom service. You see, there is no getting around the fact that we are responsible for what we have been given, whether it is a natural talent, which all people have, whether they are Christian or not, that we have natural talents, or it could be spiritual gifts or gifts that God has given you. And, and that is only for believers. And it, is, and it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we perform those uh, spiritual gifts, which are geared to be shared through the local church. But, but in essence, I believe that this particular text is tailored to teach us this morning that whatever it is, our natural talent or our God-given gifts, they all belong to God anyway. And so whether it's your talent or your gift that God has given you, God is asking you, what are you doing with your talents and gifts? Have you heard of the story about the woman who was so concerned about uh, what her spiritual gifts or gifts were that she went from church to church trying to figure it out until finally a pastor asked her, why do you keep moving from church to church? And, and the woman said kind of uh, matter of factly, every time I join a church, I always end up working with young children. And, 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 and then the pastor says, well, do you like working with young children? She says, yes. Are you good at working with young children? She said, yes. But she also said, well, but I want God to use my true gifts. I want God to use my true talent. You, you see, oftentimes we, we get so caught up in our giftedness that we forget the real reason why we've been gifted in the first place. You see, I, I would suggest this morning that it's not about the gift as much as our servanthood. You see, the key is not so much to identify what we have, 
but use what we have been given to help other people. You see, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, each one should use whatever gift he has uh, received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. You see, I believe that instead of asking, what is my gift? You should be asking, how can I serve other people? And then God will lead you to your ultimate gift or talent. And so that's what this particular message is tailored to teach us this morning is don't worry about what your gift is, but worry about how you can serve other people and your gift will be manifested in front of your eyes. Now, it is within that context this morning. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and to 30. And let's put some historical context to this particular passage, to this particular parable. Now, this parable comes in the section of Matthew's gospel where Jesus is given an answer to his disciples' question about the second coming of Jesus Christ. You see in Matthew 24, verse 3, it talks about when, they said, when will the second coming happen? What will be the sign of your coming and to the end of this age? And so Jesus warns them to be on their guard so that they will not be deceived. And then Jesus tries to help them understand that once he leaves, he will return again. And so he challenges his disciples in uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, to be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when he is least expected. And then if you jump down to 25, chapter 25, Jesus compares his second coming to the eastern custom of the bridegroom giving or arriving in the middle of the night to collect his bride. And we know all those customs because we talked about it here before that when uh, there was a marriage that was going to happen, the, the bridegroom would go and he would compare a shelter either close or near to his uh, family's house. And then once that shelter is completed, he would come back and he would take his bride with him. And, and, and in the meantime, uh, the, the, the bride would be anxiously waiting for the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom arrived, the whole wedding feast started. And so Jesus was telling them all about that. And he was making uh, uh, an example about what was going to happen when he went away, but he was going to return again. And, and so in verse 25, or chapter 25, verse 13, he says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour that I will return. You, you see, Jesus' parable acts pretty much as an illustration of the answer to the questions about his second coming. You see, Jesus is saying in this parable that I'm going to go away, but I'm coming back again someday. And in this particular parable, we see Jesus, he, he, he throws us a, a left turn. He, he, says, he says, I'm going to go away, but I'm coming back. But he says, what are you going to do with the time and the talent that I leave you? What, what are you going to do with the time between my coming and you going up with me? He says, you must begin to do something with that time. You, you see, no, notice verse 14. It says, again, it would be like a man going on a journey. 
Now, now the word again in, in this particular text indicates that Jesus is using yet one more parable to explain future events. You, you see, this tells us this morning that this is not Jesus' first time at the rodeo. He, 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 he told his, his disciples many times before what was going to happen. So in this time, he says, and again, I'm going to tell you, and he gives this parable about what's going to happen when he leaves. And so this tells us this morning that, that in this particular parable, this rich man, it is an illustration of Jesus, that Jesus is going away. And the disciples are understanding that they have to do something when Jesus is gone. Now, now as we walk through this powerful passage this morning, this, this, this parable, it has several stewardship lessons that we are going to look at together. Now, the first lesson we see is that what we have is not ours. What we have is not ours. If you look at verse 14, it tells us that this man who was getting ready for his journey, and it says that he called his servants and entrusted them with his property. And it was common for wealthy people at the time when Jesus was speaking that the, that the wealthy people would take long journeys. And before they left for their journey, they, they would arrange to have someone manage all their stuff while they were gone. But, but even more than that, they would oftentimes delegate the control and the multiplication of their wealth to trusty or trustworthy employees. And so they were expected to bring a return on what they had been given. And we know that when they were given something, the servants knew that they would be expected to give them multiply. But they never knew when the master was coming home because of the uncertainty of the travel at the time. Even well-planned trips anything could happen and so no one really knew when the master was going to come back and there's no doubt in the minds of these servants that the property and the money still belonged to the master they were the possessors but not the owners their job was to manage what they had been given you see we too must remember that everything we have been given to us by God is not really ours in the first place. For, for Psalms 24 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So we, we must understand that everything we have is not our own. Everything we have has been given to us by God. And, and so the question I have for us again to ponder this morning is have you allowed this basic principle to permeate your personhood? Have you allowed and understand and realize and recognize that you don't really own anything? Everything belongs to God. And until you recognize this truth, we will not be good stewards of what God has entrusted us with. You see, our, our days are in his hands. Our, our gifts and our abilities are on loan from God. Our money is an advancement from the Almighty. You see, God has given us some stuff, but it doesn't belong to us. Like the servants understood that they possess it, but it is not theirs. They are only stewards. They're, they're managers of God's stuff. You see, when we really understand and recognize that fact, you, you will begin to be 
differently with the stuff you have. You see, when you understand that when you are just holding on to God's stuff and you know it's not yours, so you treat your own stuff a little bit differently than you treat your own. I know when my mom, we used to have you know a house and everything and a lot of kids would come to our house. My mom would treat other people's children differently than she would treat us because she knew that those kids in her house was not her own. So, so, so she would be a little bit nicer to them, but she, she would have their law, but she would, she would treat them just a little bit differently because she knew that those kids were not her own. And, and that's what we should begin to think about when we think about all the things we have. We, we talked about money last time, but when you think about the abilities, the talents that God has given you, what are you doing with God was given you? You, you? you see, just after my boys were born, Alana and I used to own a coffee shop nearby. And, and, and we've seen good managers. We, we hired a lot of people in our tenure of owning this shop. We've seen good managers and we've seen poor managers. But a good manager of a store not only helps people <clears throat> once they're in the store by showing good customer service, but they also made sure as best they could that the store was clean as possible so that people would come in and they would feel comfortable. And the manager would also periodically go outside and put signs and posters up so that people knew what was inside the store. And as Christians, we are to do the same thing. You see, we are to help other people the best we can. We are to make sure our lives are as clean as we can make them so that people know and have some idea what a godly life looks like. So when they get out of the messiness of their own sin, they have an idea that God is able to change lives. And then you are an example of what a clean life looks like as best you can. Not only that, but you are to go outside the church walls and tell people about what's on the inside of the church. You see, you are to be people who draw people in, but if, if the church is doing what it's supposed to do, you see, when people get in the church, they, they, they will know that there is love, that there is peace, there is joy inside the church. And most importantly, we need to tell people and show people that there is a relationship with Jesus the very Christ. When you have that relationship with Jesus the very Christ, there is life changing. That There is things that happen in your life that can't happen any other way unless you have a relationship with Jesus the very Christ. And, 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 and so the question also goes, what are you doing with God's blessings this morning? Are, are, are you taking your gifts? Are you using them in the church? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Or are you just like the guy who just hides them and buries them in the dirt? You see, so the question we have for all of you this morning, are you using your gifts here? Are, are you using your gifts here at this church? Now, the second lesson we, we see from this particular text is that we're given what we can handle. We are given what we can handle. Now, in, in verse 15, we see that the master gave some talents to each person. To one, he gave five talents of money. To the other, he gave two talents of money. And to the last one, he gave one talent of money. And in that text, it says, according to his ability. 
Now, now the, 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 that's important. It says, according to his ability, and then he went on his journey. And, and so we, we need to pause for just a moment to recognize that the word talent is, is different from our present-day understanding of what talent really is. Talent was a measure of weight. It was, it was a talent was oftentimes used to indicate a large sum of money. And the value of that talent depended on whether it was made of copper or silver or gold. While most commentaries don't know exactly how much the talents were worth, but they do pretty much agree that most talents was a lot of money that most talents for an average laborer it would take them 20 years to earn just one talent and then one commentary valued one talent at the amount of three hundred thousand dollars so 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 while we're focusing this sermon this morning on discovering and developing and deploying our spiritual gifts this parable has first reference to money but we've already talked about money so we're going to take the principles and we're going to look at how we can do with what god has given us talent wise our our giftedness so so let's get back to the story the master gave the first five talents, which would be worth about $1.5 million. The second guy receives two talents, which would be approximately $600,000. And the third servant would get about $300,000. Now, even though there is a big difference between the five talent and the one talent, the guy who received one talent received a lot of money. And that reminds us this morning that God gives out of his abundance. You see, even if you are one talent person, you need to understand and recognize that what you have is valuable. You see, if you are one talented person, what you have is worth more than most of what the world can offer you. So don't be afraid to display what God has given you. Don't be ashamed of what God has given you. I, I can't speak as well as that person, but live out what God has for you. You, you, you see, I, I, I want you to notice that each servant received talents according to his ability. Now, your responsibility is tied to your ability. And, and this is very interesting, that God's kingdom purposes does not operate according to what is fair, but according to what is best for the kingdom. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, uh, Paul challenges the believers to be united and not break up into subgroups and, and follow different leaders. Paul writes, what, after all, is Apollo? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you can believe as the Lord has assigned each of his tasks. Did, did you catch that? Each of us have been assigned a task. It, it, it's our job to be faithful to whatever God has given to us. Now, 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 you, you have what you have because God gave it to you. And, and he is expecting you to manage his gifts and talents within the borders of your ability. He's not asking you to do more than what you can do. You see, if God blesses you and opens doors, don't be afraid to step out and do what God wants you to do. Because God would not put you through that door if you could not handle it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to have to struggle and you have to study and that kind of thing. But God will not put you out somewhere to make you look forward. You see, God wants you to stretch so that you can use your talent the best way you can. You, you see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that there are different kinds of gifts, services and working, and all that is within the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You, you see, when you are working under the power of the Holy Spirit, all bets are off. You, you'd be surprised what God will allow 
power of the Spirit of God. You, you see, this, this tells us this morning that we need to stop looking at other people and concentrate on ourselves. You, you see, for, for, for myself, I, I listen to preaching a lot. I, I say I listen to about nine or ten sermons per week, and that's on the light side. But, but, but I have come to realize that I will never preach like T.D. Jakes. I, I will never preach like Robert Smith Jr. I will never preach like C.L. Franklin. But what I do know and understand is that I can preach like me. You, you see, for, for a long time, I, I, I couldn't even listen to myself on the radio because I, I would just get so tense and like, oh, that's a sound. But I, I, I'm free from that now. You see, I, I, I'm telling I said, God, you release me to be the best me I can be. And so I'm here this morning to remind you that you need to be the best you that you can be. So don't look at everybody else and how they're doing and how well they are because God is blessing them. But God is blessing you in a certain way that he can bless no one else. You can get to people where even T.D. Jakes can't get to. You, 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 you can get to your son like T.D. Jakes can never can. You, you can get to someone where a preacher can never get to them. You, you, you walk your kids to school and you tell them about, about Jesus Christ. You, you pick people up, you tell them about Jesus Christ. You can't get to those people like, like a preacher can. You, you see, what I'm saying is you'll be able to use your gift the best you can. And, 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 and so stop coming to church looking for what we can do for you, but start asking, what can I do for the church? You, you, you see, when you do that, I guarantee you that you will enjoy church more, that church will have more meaning when you are living out your gifts and your giftedness in the church. You see, the spiritual gifts are, are to be geared, to be used in the church, your talent is to work and all that kind of thing, and, when we, and for both things you have to use for God, but your giftedness is to be used in the church. So you need to be here and say, what is needed? Don't, don't, don't wait for the pastor to come and ask you. You say, oh, I, I, this is needed. Pastor, you, this needs to get done. And you need to get it done. Now, now the, the third thing we see, the third lesson, is that we must invest what we have been given. We must invest what we have been given. Now, in, in verse 16, it tells us that the man who received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. He, he, he didn't waste time, but immediately he went to work and he invested and he doubled his master's money. The, the guy, he got two talents. He, he did the same thing, and, and, and he also doubled his master's talent. What, 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 what do we, we know from this? That, that when God gives you something, you should immediately start using what God has given you. Don't wait around and say, oh, I need to ponder on this. No, you go out and you look for a need and you begin to work with what God has given you. Invest it. Do something with it. You see, God wants you to do something with what you got. And, and, and you might be saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm on, whatever. If you're still alive, God wants you to use your gift. He's not have you here because just because you just want to take space. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But, but if, you, if, you, if you look at verse 18, it describes the different approach of the third servant. But, but the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Even though it, it doesn't, we, we, don't, we don't read anywhere specifically in the text that the, the master expected anything in return for money, but it was assumed that if the master gave you some money, you were going to invest it. You, you, you were going to do something with it. You, you see, you might
Thank you for listening, and we trust that you enjoyed this week's preached word from Community Baptist Church of Fontana, California. The Preached Word radio show is made possible by the generous donations from the Community Baptist Church family and friends. If you would like to support this program, please do so by visiting our website at www.cbcfontana.org or by mailing your donation to Community Baptist Church, 15854 Sierra Lakes Parkway, Fontana, California, 92336. We thank you and God bless you all.